<laughs> now I'm the proud owner of my uh, my Masters of the Universe shirt. Thank you. It's a nice shirt. I didn't realize I did it in such a small size. Hey, what's going on, guys? Today on Drugs and Stuff, our steroid profile of the week is meant a.k.a. Trestalone. After that, we have a ton of listener questions, starting with uh, cruising with T400, the benefits of tapering your cycles, HCG versus gonadarellin. We talked to a guy about his one-year blast and what to look out for in lab work. BPC-157, does it need to be injected IM or can you use it subcutaneously? And withdrawal from Prammy, is that a thing? We talk about all that and a bunch more. Keep it locked in here at Drugs and Stuff. Welcome back to Drugs and Stuff with Dave Crossland. I'm Scott McNally. Of course, our programming is brought to you by TrueNutrition.com. We missed a week, Dave, and now we are back. We're going to be rusty. Hopefully, we can uh, we can maintain the same level of perfectionism and professionalism that we expect of ourselves this week. I I can. You're just shit. Thanks. That's okay. Thanks. We got a lot of good feedback on the, uh, the well, most recent uh, episode. Let, let's, before we get into this feedback, let's just discuss something, okay? Scott yeah. keeps sending me snippets of feedback, okay? So he'll send me comments that people have made, and he keeps slipping in there made-up comments complimenting him. <laughs> yeah, I, that's me. I've got several different uh, fake accounts, uh, which I then go on there, and I'm like, hey, Scott. Looking great you're today, looking buddy. Big. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, dude, you're looking jacked. What, I'm very impressed. The, what he doesn't realize is the same sort of terminology on every comment. He doesn't. He doesn't mix it up and make it sound like yeah. it's different people's. Plus the Q, so the Q, like you know, certain letters are broken on my keyboard, and you can see, you know, that it's the same on everyone. There's no S's, for instance, on anything. Um, well, it's just the fact that anybody would compliment you is quite obvious. It's a lie in the first place. <laughs> I uh, I appreciate that, Dave. I'm uh, glad to be here with you. This is really nice. You're a great. You're a great guy. I'm getting stuck into you early today before you start on me. Okay, so Dave's feeling good. Dave's feeling good. Apparently, uh, so today no, we're not going to no, do no. any steroids in the news. There was a few little news blips, but nothing you guys really want to hear about. We have a. Uh, a steroid profile that we're going to start with. And then after that, we've got a bunch of listener questions. Uh, and this week, steroid profile, Dave, what did we decide to go with here? What are we going to cover? Um, anabolic roid shakes, I think we said, didn't we? Anabolic no? roid shakes. Oh, okay. I kept asking him, I was like, what do you want to do, Dave? And he was like, creatine. He's coming up with these smart-ass comments. And then when we actually start the show, then he's surprised when he doesn't know what's going on. We're going to cover mint. Uh, Trestolone acetate. Trestolone. Trestolone acetate. Or anthony. It, it it's not always in, an acetate. It usually comes in acetate, though. Have you seen it ever uh, personally or known anybody who's used the anethate version? Yes, I yeah. have. I have not. In fact, the, the, the anethate version seems to be a little bit more popular over here, I think. You're kidding me. Uh, no, but uh, yeah, mint. Um, how would you describe mint? Well, for starters, by looking at Wikipedia, I can tell you that mint was developed in 1963, uh, though it was uh, not researched until like 1990. So uh, I know that they had they had looked into using it for uh, like birth control purposes. I don't know how that's going, but I think it's still being studied. I I think 
honestly, in my personal opinion, it is overhyped. I think that uh, it's 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 definitely a strong compound, but mm, com- compared to the the okay, so I've heard it being compared to Trend. Oftentimes, I don't see the effect as being that. You know, I still think that Trend is just a stronger overall compound. Um, it, it is a good good drug, but. Uh, I don't think it is like the ultimate best. There was that steroid profile that put it out there saying that like it was a drug of lore, that that it's not around. But if, if it were, it would be, you know, way stronger than anything else. And and I think that that kind of created some, like I said, lore about it. Uh, but now that we actually see it floating around the UGL, uh, you know, landscape, I, I don't think it's delivered, honestly. But I, um, I do know people who've yeah. gotten good effect from it. What do you think, Dave? Uh, men, men was one of those steroids that got forgotten about. So it was one of those steroids that got developed, got forgotten about, and never really entered the user profile until probably really just a few years ago was when it sort of really bounced back. Uh, and, and that was basically UGLs looking at something else to put them a one step above the competition. You know what? Let's have a look at what steroids have been invented. What can we use? What can we pull out of it? Right. I think the easiest way to describe men is super concentrated test. Really? But mm. it is it is a nandrolone-based compound, correct? But it aromatizes like a fucking bitch. Yeah, that's true, doesn't it? And it's been trialed as a TRT. Mm. Uh, and to give you an example of its, efficient, its efficacy, um, they, I think they were looking at doses of about 30 milligrams to be the equivalent of a dose of about 250 milligrams of test. Wow. Wow. Um, big issues from a user point of view, blood pressure, headaches, aromatization. Um, on a stress point of factor, because you know I'm a big fan of what stress drugs cause in the body. And in fact, I remind me about that. I want to talk a little bit more about that. Um um the um it's up there it's one of the more harsher more stressful drugs and i i don't believe i'm actually saying this but i think in damage or difficulty in management versus results tren is actually a better drug you're kidding me Uh, i I, I know because you know how much i fucking hate tren (laughs) but you, you do, I, I do think that, that I do think men is a solid compound. It's not for the faint heart. It's definitely not for a first time user and stuff like that. You definitely need to know your body and how it reacts before you start playing with it. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't need a test base, uh, though I know a lot of people will run a low test base with it or will run it with tests because it is effectively very similar in the way it acts. It does aromatize. It does convert, you know, mm-hmm. and everything else that you need from a test base. So you could take this on its own, and, and yeah, they, they, libido they issues, libido no, they issues wouldn't be a problem, huh? No, they, they were very successfully trialed for TRT. Very mm. successfully trialed. Um, huh. But I, I just find results versus issues, the balance sort of doesn't quite fit. I can understand people taking trend, though I don't think it's necessary i can understand why they take it in the base of the results you can get out of it Hmm. despite how harsh it is that conversation when you look at men i find a little bit less 
favourable. Um, I think that the, the stress that the drug puts on the body and the results you get for it, it's not the wonder drug that people think it is in any way, shape or form. And, and I have found that most people that jumped on the, the ment bandwagon very quickly jumped back off it. Really? Hmm. So whereas you'll get drugs that come into our into you know our environment and they stay, so like DMP. Yeah. When DMP came back, it's it's incredible, but it stayed. You know, it's still regularly used, it's still very popular in certain circles. Men blew up over here probably a couple of years ago, it peaked. Here too. And though you see it mentioned now and again, it, it, everybody was on it, then all of a sudden everybody was off it. Similar to DHB. Okay, yeah. So, you know, everybody jumped on that and then everybody sort of dropped off it. And then you still get people using it, but people have just gone back to the old faithful of Test, Decker or Trent. Yeah. Uh, and and I just, I, yes, I don't think it's enough of a compound to really warrant the, the sort of law that's been given to it, to be quite honest. Yeah, I could see that. And it was, it was, it was very popular not too long ago. I had tried it back in 2006, maybe 2007, somewhere in there. I ran it two times. I ran it one time into a contest and I will say that, yes, I did. It did aromatize. Yes, I did have to really blast the AI to keep fluid under control. I, I remember it wasn't, it wasn't a bad, like a bad thing. I just remember seeing, looking at my ankles and still seeing fluid in them. Um, it didn't, it wasn't, it didn't add up, you know, and I was healthy otherwise. Mm. So, um, I used it at that point. I can't remember. I know I used it again, but I can't really remember the effect. I think one of the issues I ran into was, um, cost that a lot of times it wasn't dosed super high and you mm. would have to take a lot of it the, the, because it was kind of, ex, not kind of, because it was very exotic, the, the price to go along with it was a lot more. So to get a similar effect out of, say, Tren, you could use a lot less Tren or you know spend a lot less money. I don't think the two drugs are compatible in that nature. Um, I mean, I, I think a dose of 7,500 mig of, of, of men three times a week is, is a perfectly viable dose. Yeah. Uh, and I think it should be a perfectly effective dose, but I don't think you can compare a hundred mg of, of ment, you know, trestolone acetate to a hundred mg of trembolone acetate. The two drugs I just don't think compatible in that sense. I think I went to fifty every other day on ment. Mm. Was was mm. that was basically like all I could afford, or the amount that I was able to get, or something like that. Versus, I guess what I'm saying is, is that it would have probably been cheaper to run a boatload of trend and probably would have been, I don't know, in my opinion, probably a better effect. I, I just don't, it, to me, it wasn't anything special. I've heard of power lifters using it and getting good strength out of it. In fact, I talked to an elite level power lifter uh, this last year at the Olympia. We were out to dinner with him and he was saying that in his experience uh, meant didn't give him that edge like trend did. Then it trend was still to him, a preference for strength. I know a few powerlifters that are sworn by it, um, yeah. and it definitely has merit as a strength drug. But like you said, I do think there are other drugs. I mean, it's all down to as well as what you can handle. I mean, we you know we obviously know that there's a lot of people out there just can't even look at Trent. It just sends them to the alley. Yeah. Um, so if you were looking for a, a drug of... I'd say probably in the same grouping when it came to strength, 
as in effectiveness or power of the drug. Yeah. Then yeah, you know, you could look at men if, if trends off the off definitely off the off the drawing board as, as a drug you can use and you could look at men as a viable alternative in that sense, but it's definitely not an alternative to trend in the way it works or acts or results wise. Yeah. Um, but it's still a very powerful drug. Um, and it's a drug that you 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 don't want to be disrespecting in the way you use it. You do need to be aware of what it does and you need to watch your blood pressure and you need to watch your aromatization and your water levels uh, and all those aspects because if you don't, it will bite you on the ass with it. Sure. I just was thinking about that dude. I don't want to mention his name, uh, you know, because we're associating him with steroid use. But Dave, this guy was so huge, like just a giant human being. He wasn't tall. He was maybe like 5'10", but he, and he wasn't in like awesome shape, but I'm going to guess he had to be 350 or four bills. His Dave, his neck was like wider than his head. Like imagine if my head came down, like then I'll take this, this, let's see, we'll take this marker here. And then imagine if my neck just like came yeah. out like this, you know, <laughs> know on yeah. all sides. Like that's what he looked like. <laughs> I've met a few like that. It was crazy, man. Yeah, he was, there's he was some, a pro. There was a wasn't there someone broke the all time squat record this week? Some insane number, like five hundred and fifty kilo or something. Holy shit! Some immense strength things going on out there at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy, man. Hey, what's going on, guys? Thanks for watching another podcast here at Think Big Bodybuilding Media. And thank you to our great sponsor, TrueNutrition.com, for making this all possible. TrueNutrition.com is owned by Dante Trudell, the creator of DC Training. He wanted to create a supplement company that offered high-quality, third-party tested supplements at a fair price. High-quality protein powders, just about every type you could think of. Huge variety of flavors, plus health and performance supplements. Check them out, TrueNutrition.com. And hey, if you use our code ADVICES, you directly support our podcast. Thanks, guys. Let's get back to the program. Guys, we have a bunch of questions. If you guys want to take part in this, feel free to uh, throw your questions here at the live feed. Feel free to uh, comment on the YouTube. And hey, I didn't mention it at the beginning, but if you enjoy our content, do me a favor. Hit the like button. Leave us some comments. It helps to boost us in the algorithm. And of course, if you're new here, uh, please subscribe because we have several podcasts coming out each week. We'd love to have you along for all of them. We gathered a bunch of questions up um, first and some great comments. We got, as I mentioned earlier, Dave, we got some really pleasant comments on the last episode. Mm. Mm. Okay, let's go to this one. Um, drawbacks to cruising on 400 milligrams of test per week. Looks like he has a, it's a, he has like a blend. Um, right, are we talking about sip, cruising on... 400 milligrams as a dose or are we talking about using test 400 as a cruise compound but with an associated dose or don't we know uh you know what maybe he did say okay hold on a second okay yep so let me, let me clear that up yeah so he's talking about taking 200 milligrams a week of so he's using a half cc of test 400 it's 100 milligrams of e sip and uh, uh deca you know, test deca, test, test deca <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's a sort of test four hundred was a, a sort of rework of the principle behind Sustanon. Um, yeah. It's not founded in any real science or anything like that. It's just we've thrown the three slower end esters of, of testosterone together, 
Uh, and in that, it, it's probably... I'm not a fan of a sussed firm. The more I've done Bloods and the more I've worked with Bloods, the more I begin to see patterns arising from usage and, and how it affects Bloods and hormones and stuff like And one thing I've noticed with sussed is you do get a quite a rapid peak, but you also get a very rapid drop-off as they, the um, propionate comes in and out very early on. You just got to take another CC. Well. Real quick. It's we're cruising here. So now, come on, behave. Um, we won't go down the old dosage. I think the dose is ridiculously high for a cruise, but let's let's just look at the, the actual blend of compounds. As a blend of compounds, yeah, it's perfectly viable. I don't see an issue with it because you're not going to get any rapid peaks and troughs, so your blood's going to be relatively stable. Um, you can quite comfortably dose it twice a week. I do think two is way too high, and I think sort of six, eight weeks down, he's going to see very high levels in his bloodstreams. But two hundred, uh, I really because I mean, I, I mean, ridiculously high. You've got to remember with that decanate ester in there, there's oh. a big carryover. Okay, you're forgetting that you're carrying over fifty percent of that compound for nearly two weeks. <clears throat> okay. I so just, you're going to get a much you're going to get a much greater build up in the system because of that long ester sitting in there. At, was it 14 days? Okay. Now so I guess, yeah, I do think there's going to. I think it's going to create much higher long term levels than you would suspect from what would be your normal enthanate or sipinate. Okay. Uh, because of the decanate in there, uh, but otherwise, it's. I think the compound blend's perfectly viable. Yeah. Hmm. I remember seeing um, when I was in Costa Rica, they had Nabito there. That's the, mm. the, the the really long acting stuff, and mm-hmm. I want to say it came in like three amps, or it was like or a three cc amp. It was. It's uh, usually a four four cc shot, is thousand that what it milligram. Is? Yeah, thousand milligrams every ten to twelve weeks. So you take one shot every ten to twelve weeks. I wonder how well that works. Have you known anybody who's used that for for TRT purposes? I know a people who've used it, and they generally say that they start to feel a decline anywhere between week eight and week ten. Okay. Prescription guideline is twelve. Um, I know a few people that have managed to get it moved to every ten um, or every eleven. Yeah. I've never, I've not seen, and and because I haven't really looked, uh, what bloods look like in the way of levels throughout hmm. that period of time. So I'll have to, if I ever remember, have a little dig and see if I can find the pharmacokinetics of, of the blood levels using Nabido and where they sit and how cons- consistent they are. Yeah. I feel like I feel like you have a lot less control with any, any form of hormone replacement that's going to be really long acting like that. Like I, I've, I work with a girl who is on, uh, she had just some like health situation of her own where at a young age she needs to be put on hormone replacement and she uses uh, pellets and she gets a testosterone mm-hmm. and estrogen combo pellet. It's not stable though, she's finding. like mm-hmm. She gets, mm-hmm. and, and, and it's interesting because when she gets pelleted, we found that she was cruising along on her diet, everything was going good. Then she got pelleted and it changed everything. But then as the pellets began to wear off, 
she gets a drop off and she said she can even feel in the last few weeks when she's due for the next pelleting that she uh mm-hmm. she has a drop off of strength and energy and she could tell that it it's it's definitely time so it's it's not as consistent at the other end of the spectrum i mean what's the most the other end of the spectrum i think would be like using a gel or a cream you know where you have to apply it two times a day wait where do we find that balance i mean what what do you think dave is the best trt two twice a week so so injectables long acting injection twice a week twice a week sub q i i find that the i find that the easiest way to manage and keep it stable okay um i mean not just going on what I do for myself, but obviously I've done quite a lot of testing around my own TRT protocol. Yeah. And I've now been running sub-Q twice, probably six, seven, maybe even longer now, months. Okay. Um, and every time I've tested, my trough has been 25 nmol and my peak has been 29 nmol every hmm. single time. There's never been a variance. Hmm. Uh, and from a point of how I feel, I feel incredibly level playing field. I feel incredibly stable. Yeah. Okay. Um, I've, I think the thing is with TRT, and, and, I, and I do think that there is a great deal of variance being people. Uh, the other problem is obviously your source of compound because nine, a large number of us in this environment are using UGL compounds, and straight away we have a problem with consistency. So that's one factor that's always going to be difficult to manage. Um, But I think the key to TRT is not effectively the dose you take. It's the effect that that dose has on your bloods. Sure. And we shouldn't be managing TRT based on, oh, well, everyone takes 150 mega a week, so that's what I'm going to do. We should be managing our TRT on where am I wanting to put my bloods. Now, for me, I don't want to go out of range because if I go out of range, I start to thicken up on my blood very, very quickly. Yeah. So, and with my kidneys as they are, obviously, I don't want to be putting any more pressure on them than I need to. So, I want to stay in range. Uh, some people, I've got a couple of clients that like to run their bloods. I was going to be an animal, is this, I'm afraid, but like to run their bloods around the 35 to 40 mark. Mm-hmm. Their older end, they they feel, and to be fair, they're not having any issues with reduced HDL. They're not having any issues with blood thickening, so it works well for them. Yeah, and I, and I think that that's where a lot of people approach TRT wrong because they go, oh, well, it's two fifty a week or it's two hundred a week or it's no, it's whatever you need. Yeah, to create the blood plasma levels you want. Right. As long as you're aware that when you start pushing out of range, particularly when you start pushing sort of fifteen twenty percent out of range you are going to start to incur other complications like estrogen, reduced HDL, blood thickening, and things like that. Mm. So, it, you know, it's down to how much management you want to put into your TRT. But once, I just find any more than twice is a bit of a pain in the ass, quite literally. Um, and any less gives too much variance. So the, the range between peak and trough is too much. So you end up either being too high for a period of time or too low for a period of time. Okay. How about this one? Um, Andy Sass asks, uh, any benefit to tapering your steroid cycle? Not really. Um, I do like progressive cycles. So I like to sort of start a little bit more on the the, the lower end 
um, get a feel for how the cycle's going and then push it a bit higher towards the back end. Hmm. So if, for argument's sake, someone's cycle, and let's keep it nice and simple, was was targeted to be 600 milligrams a week, mm-hmm. I might do the first six weeks of 400 and the second six weeks of seven to 800. Okay. Huh. So the overall dose of the period of time, if you averaged it out, is the same, but I've ramped it up towards the back end to try and encourage progressive overload and progressive um, movement out of the individual that's running the cycle because, uh, uh, you know, as we all know, we can get a little bit complacent towards the back end of cycles. We can get a bit lazy with things, mm-hmm. particularly diet and training and those sort of things where if you've got a ramp up in your cycle, psychologically it gives you a huge boost because you know you've gone up in dose. Chemically it gives you a boost and I find it it, it helps maintain progression throughout the full length of the cycle. Okay. Um and I like to keep the toxic end of cycles at the back end of cycles, so I know that when they're done, we're off. Hmm. Um, but from a point of view of the 50, you know, go 100 milligram, 200 milligram, 400 milligram at one end, this is the old school sort of 70s approach. Where right. You did your pyramid cycle. No, there's no real benefit to that, to be honest. Okay. Where can people find uh, Dave's movies, the under construction films? Usually in the dustbin. In the dustbin? Hey, I'll uh, I'll char- burn you a copy. Charity shop. <laughs> I'll burn you a copy uh, for a discounted price. Just hit me up after the show. They're, they're only available on download now, and it is www.underconstructionthefilms.com. All right. We used to have a code for them. I doubt it, it, doesn't, yeah, I doubt it works anymore. No, no, nothing works anymore. <laughs> uh, we, we still have, you know four or five years on they still sell a little bit every month do they really that's cool yeah. well, it, was a, it was a great series of movies they're great uh, might might be you know a couple hundred dollars worth a month but it still sells every month so we had a question come up and this relates to a topic we had uh a while back maybe six eight months ago we talked about how hcg was getting reclassified they were. Uh, oh yeah, I remember. Remember that they were calling it a biologic, and for that reason, yeah. uh, for a pharmacy to handle it, they had to have special special licensing. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I guess insulin is considered a biologic, though uh, it's kind of a gray area one where they let a lot of pharmacies carry it. Regardless, um, uh, compounding pharmacies do not have the right licensing to carry biologics, and so they were no longer going to be able to carry HCG. So now we've gotten the question, uh, gonadotropin. That's the, now that this is the new thing that they're replacing HCG with. So if you're going to a TRT clinic, uh, this is this is what you're given in place of HCG. Dave, is this going to be just as beneficial? And what's the difference? Right. So our um, HPTA is hypothalamus pituitary testicular axis starts with the hypothalamus to the pituitary and then to the testes oh it's gonadotropin sorry that's i said gonadotropin gonadotropin is the name of the drug so the hypothalamus produces gnrh gonadotropin releasing hormone that then goes to pituitary and signals the release of fsh and lh so hcg it mimics lh so when you take HCG, you're replacing the action from the pituitary to the testes, and the HCG is stimulating the Leydig cells in the testes. 
When we take HMG, it's a mixture of FSH and LH. So again, it's replacing the action from the pituitary to the testes, but it now stimulates both the serotonin cells and the Leydig cells. So we're looking at sperm production stimulation as well as um, testosterone cell production uh, stimulation. This replaces GnRH. So we've gone a step up in the pipeline. So now we're using this drug to stimulate the pituitary gland and we're relying on the pituitary gland's ability to still stimulate FSH and LH. Where this becomes a problem is dependent on where in the production chain you have a problem. So generally for most anabolic users, the damage occurs at the Leydig cells. It occurs in the testes. Um, that's the common area where we see damage and that's a common cause of where we see people having to go on TRT because the Leydig cells are so atrophied and so screwed, they just can't produce enough testosterone to support our bodily function anymore, irrespective of how much HCG you throw at them. Mm. But occasionally you'll see a failure at the pituitary gland. Now, if there's a failure at the pituitary gland, then this product's going to be no good because the pituitary gland can't produce LH and FSH, so stimulating it in order to do so is going to make no difference whatsoever. ever. Mm. And in that case, you're going to need HCG and you're going to need HMG to replace those two single hormones that would normally come out of the pituitary gland. Yeah. If your pituitary gland's functioning normally, then this is should be perfectly adequate. Mm. The upside to this is that you get double bang for your buck because... Whereas HCG only deals with one singular area, i.e. testosterone production. Yeah. A, a GnRH agonist, which is what this is, a GnRH agonist, sorry, which is what this is, uh, will see the production of FSH and LH. Okay. So you're not only going to help recover hormone production, you're also going to benefit sperm production at the same time. Okay, fair enough. So... Is it a viable alternative? To some degree, yes, but it is a different compound and it does have a different mode of action. Okay. Um, where it becomes non-viable is when you have problems with pituitary function. Hmm. Not that common, does occur occasionally, and in, occasionally we'll also get hypothalamus um, issues as well where GnRH isn't produced, so then it becomes very viable in that instance. Hmm. So we've just, we've just gone further up the, the, the supply chain, effectively, in where we're stimulating the hormones from. That makes sense. So just be aware, it is something, it is different. Not everybody's going to have the same response. So, you know, at, at the end of the day, I guess these clinics, they make money off of selling stuff. They don't make money off of giving you a prescription. Because, you know, if they're selling you a, pers- a script for testosterone and they're having you get it filled at their compounding pharmacy, they're making money off of you filling that too, I'm sure. You know, well, the, yeah, but there's the, there's an element of this. This has come forth because they can't get HCG anymore. But you could probably still go they get it. They can't use it. You could get it though. Like you could still get like yeah, Pregel. It, it just makes it a little bit harder for the the customer to to fulfill their prescriptions. Where yeah. so let's let's look at something which we know our pharmacists can supply. Yeah, because it's not being reclassified. So there you go. Here's an alternative. Yeah. Um, and in most cases, it'll be perfectly viable. Okay. Um, but uh, 
it is different. It is a different mode of action, and it is not a direct replacement for HCG. So just bear that in mind. Okay. Uh, Dusty asks, a theoretical one-year blast or blast and cruise, and what to look for as far as bloods, panels, sides, etc. I'm not sure if we can really answer that, right? Well, it's all the obvious stuff, isn't it? Blood thickness, blood pressure. Well, I mean, like, what's a theoretical blast in cruise for a year? I don't How think long it, is a piece of string? And I don't know any pro bodybuilder or any, like, high-level bodybuilder that has their year planned out. They experiment, they figure out the stuff that works for them, and then those are the things that they lean into, uh, you know, when they're available. But I don't know anybody who's, like, like, Big Rammy is probably not, like, okay, this is what we're going to do for May, June, July, and then August, September, October, we're going to, you know what I mean? It's, like, no, I I'm of the suspicion that Big Grammy actually does take a period of time off everything. You think so? Huh? Keep seeing these pictures float in year in year out of him having lost tons of size. Yeah, and I do think he goes to ground for a month or two where he just comes off everything, um, goes down to a, a relative cruise and and just gives his body a break before he goes back on and starts pushing back up for the comp season again. Yeah. Um, and I know a few pros that do actually do that. And they sort of go in hiding for a couple of months when when this period of time comes around. But, yeah, I know pros that are pushing 5G cycles going into comps. Yeah. I know, I know pros that are pushing 1G cycles going into comps. It just depends on them, the genetics and, and what they feel they need. They don't always need what they think they need but that's their personal decisions at the end of the day mm. um if you were gonna blast cruise for 12 months you you know the longer you're gonna be on the lower your dose really has to be yeah or the longer your cruise period is gonna have to be so if you want to blast a couple of gram or three gram for a, a 10 12 week blast that's fine but then your cruise is gonna have to be a proper cruise mm. If you cruise at 250, 300 then for your next 12 weeks, by the time you're on your second to third blast, you're going to start seeing problems that are quite significant. Yeah. Um, whereas if you if you do blast high, as long as you come down for a long enough period of time low and give your body chance to recover, and you track that by looking at your bloods, looking at your health markers and seeing where everything is, then you know it can be managed. But what a lot of problems are that one, two people cruise too high and, and two, they just do not look at what they're doing. Hmm. Um, and just to give you an idea of how many people out there are skating very close to the edge mm -hmm. of a set of bloods that we recently did at an event and that's sometime in the last two months. Out of eight people, we had one pre-diabetic and three stage two renal failures. Hmm. All the renal failures were hammering Tren. And I know Tren can, can cause renal injury, which is not the same as renal failure because injury you'll recover from. Mm -hmm. So they were all advised to come off the trend, take some supportive subs for a month and retest and see where their renal function was. Um, but 
the amount of people that are out there just doing what they think is okay to do and not having a clue of how it's impacting their body is scarier. Yeah. Um, another thing that's very coming very obvious in, in all the bloods that we're now doing, which is what I said I wanted to catch on later, and this is an opportune time, actually. Yeah. CK is a information marker. So when you test creatine kinesis in your blood, it shows you information in the brain, the heart, or the muscle. And it's well known that if you train prior to a blood test, your CK is going to be quite elevated. Upper limit, I think, is 307 or 305 or somewhere around there. It's around 300 mark. And we commonly see levels around 1,000 mark in people who train, of no concern. But you'll see if somebody's on trend of any significant dose, you'll see their CK levels 3,000, 4,000, 5,000, 5,500. Wow. wow, and that's common, and, huh? Yeah, that's, 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 I'm seeing a real pattern here. Holy crap. So when I see CK levels in those sort of numbers, you can pretty much guarantee the person's on trend and you can guarantee they're on a dose of sort of four, five hundred, six mega or above. Wow. Um, so it just gives you an idea of how inflamed your body is. Yeah. When you use that compound. That's that's the sort of level of stress that compound puts on your body. Yeah. That's, yeah. Hmm. But yeah, it's uh, quite dramatic, and yeah, inflammation too. That's like the you know that that's that's a reason why we get digestive issues. That's yeah. the reason why we get a lot of problems. You know, <laughs> is because inflammation yeah. gets too high. Hmm? I've really come to understand that now that you know your body's going to function as best as possible when inflammation is low and that includes like getting in shape that includes building muscle it used to be in my mindset that you would push the body as far as you could as hard as you could now the goal for me is to not push it to try to make it as comfortable as possible and give it the tools it needs to grow while not getting it inflamed really there's the thing is it's it's the pushing push as hard as you can in the gym Push as hard as you can when you train. Yeah. But be mindful of the stressful impact that other factors of what we do have on your body, i.e. drugs. And then just general stress as well. Yeah. And, and bodybuilders particularly suffer with, you know, mental health issues around how they perceive their body. So hmm. you can you can actually hold yourself back from progress because you're stressing about the fact that you don't feel you've progressed as much as you should have done. Sure, yeah. Because you start to worry about it, you start to, to panic about it, that disrupts your sleep, that disrupts your resting levels, you start to build cortisol levels in your body, you start to build stress in your body, and that mental stress starts to then become physical stress. Yeah. And that then becomes a negative factor in your growth. You grow the best when you're relaxed and you're happy. Yep. All right, I want to address this question because we've been getting this one from this guy a number of times while we record the podcasts. Uh, I'm not going to put it up on the screen, uh, but he says, where to get trusted subs? Now, Obviously, he's referring to gear. <laughs> yeah, but the guy after him, uh, Jeremy, said true nutrition, which, yes, true nutrition. If you're talking about supplements, and yes, uh, check out truenutrition.com and use our great code advices. They're a great company. Highly suggest that you shop with them and it supports our programming. You'll get a discount with the code. But I want to explain something to him. 
So when you go publicly and you make that statement, hey, you know, where where to get trusted subs? If you're if you are speaking about steroids, you open yourself up. First of all, we're not going to tell you that we don't promote or condone, you know, any any use of steroids and we're not going to supply them either. Um, But when you open yourself up to that, you're opening yourself up to anyone, anyone being and they'll even call you, bro. Hey, bro, I'll hook you up, you know, and you don't know what you're getting. So just be very, very leery of anyone who responds to you because there are so many people out there looking to make a quick buck and you can get ripped off, especially that man with the bald head and the beard that I'm talking to. If you don't, don't trust that guy. He, he's, he, he looks don't shifty to be, me. Don't you be starting to make assumptions or linking me to the sale of steroids. You around. look like you would be selling gear, Dave. You look like, yeah, you got the look. You know what? It's something I've stayed away from from a very long time. Yeah. A very long time. Yeah. Yeah. It has. Something I've been very conscious of staying away from for a very long time. The other thing is, every drug dealer on the planet has the best stuff. (laughs) Oh, dude, Mr. Olympia uses my gear. Yeah. So if you're going to put a public question out there of where do I get trusted stuff from, every single answer you get is going to say, me. I have some stuff, but it's not that good. But I'll sell it to yeah. you. <laughs> it, was, you know, it just It's not going to happen, is it? So yeah. yeah. The, the way... This is a useful, actually, little conversation because, you know, there are things you can do to sort of see if the brand you're looking at using is good. Yeah. Um, but it requires talking to not just people in your area, in your gym, you know, how they feel about the brand. You you've, Be very careful of talking to people online because there are so many plants out there and so many sponsors out there that mm-hmm. will promote a drug because they're getting paid to do it in one way or another, usually in free gear, but and they don't care that it's shit gear because it's free. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've got to be a little bit careful, but you just need to take a very rounded view. So, you know, see what people are saying about a certain brand. Ask locally what people are saying about a certain band because if it's available in your area, there'll be people in your area using it. And if you've got a guy, now this isn't a definite way, but if you've got a guy online saying, oh, XYZ brand's best on the planet, I've used it, can't think of anything better, mm-hmm. and you go on his profile and his physique's not changed in the last four years. That's a, that's a, yeah, that's a message right there, isn't it? It may not be the gear. It may be that he trains like a fanny. But a there is a possibility. It is the possibility that his gear is shit. Yeah. But if you've got a guy saying, you know what, I've been using this stuff and I've found really good progress. And you look at his progress pics and he's put on fucking 15 kilo in the last six months. Or in Dave's language, strong, he's hench. A guy who's hench. There's a, there's, a, there's a strong chance that the gear he's using is pretty fucking decent. Yeah. yeah. So just use your common sense about it. Don't, don't just take someone's word for it because they say so. Yeah. And, and anyone that says, yeah, this gear is good, I can get it for you, I'd be like, okay, thanks, but no thanks, because I would never buy my gear from the person that tells me it's good. Hmm. Yeah. Because he's got a vested interest in telling you it's good. Yeah. 
Yeah, he really does. Uh, it's hard to find people that don't have that interest, their own invested interest, you know. But there are, you know, there are plenty of guys out there that use decent labs that are more than willing to say, you know, I've been using this and I found it pretty good. Absolutely. And I think that's some of the the key is in the language that people use. If someone's like, oh, this is the best stuff ever, it's amazing, it's brilliant, straight away I'd be suspicious. Yeah. Where if someone says, you know what, I actually found this stuff pretty good, mm-hmm. I'd be more likely to believe them because they don't seem to be going for the hard sell. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, let uh, it speak for it, itself. Yeah. yeah, very much so. But it just takes a bit of effort, you know, just posting up, well, what's the best gear out there at the moment? It's just going to get you. I made the mistake today. My phone's you asked. Last, last legs. Yes, it's, you did, Dave. I, you asked. I know, I fucked up completely. I, as soon as I asked it, I thought, oh, fuck, what have I done? Dave, um, asked, Dave made a post, and he said, hey, my phone's about to die. I need a new phone. What do you guys suggest? And I don't want an iPhone. So I texted, I messaged Dave, I commented, and guess what I suggested? I suggested an iPhone for two reasons, because A, I believe in it, and B, because it gave me an opportunity to fuck with Dave. So truth, honest. But it was, you know, straight away, a myriad of fucking arguments about Android over <sighs> Apple and everything else. And it's like, oh, why the fuck did I ask this question? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's a prime example of the similar sort of response you're going to get when you ask about gear. Yeah. Um, you're much better searching through the forums or the pages online and, and sort of, you know, when people are putting progress shots up and showing what they're doing, just say, oh, what gear have you been using? If yeah. someone's progressing well, just ask them what compounds, you know, what compounds, but also what brand they're using. If you know and you'll them well start enough. to see that. Well, even if you don't, when you go on a page, you know, some of the bodybuilding pages, mm. guys are forever putting up progress pics. Yeah. And if someone's progressed well, you can you can quite openly say, you know, as long as it's one of those pages that openly discuss steroids, you can quite openly say, oh, what gear you've been using, what make? Yeah. Um, and and then just see if that repeats with other people. And if you start to see you're getting several people that are saying, yeah, I use this, they're not recommended it, just say that's what they've been using. Mm-hmm. Then you can you can start to recommend that. You know, that UGL is probably going to be pretty consistent. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. I just thought it would be important because I didn't want to ignore the guy. You know what I mean? I didn't want to ignore him, but I've seen him ask that a few times. And I did want to kind of give him a little warning, too, that you definitely you open yourself up. We do have a bunch more yes. stuff here, though. Uh, BPC-157 sub-Q, but uh, is it as effective if I am, if you injected I am? I personally think not, but I believe the science says there's no difference. Yeah. I, I lean toward putting it as close as possible to where I need it. I do. I really do. Yeah, I do. TB system-wide, don't think you need to worry about where you put TB at all. Yeah. Uh, BPC originally was stated that it had to be cited, and then as time's gone on, it's been stated, oh, no, you can put it anywhere it's system-wide. But I'm still of the belief that you get a better impact if you get it as close to the problem as possible. Uh, Prammy, Prammy withdrawal. I've never used Prammy, Dave. Well, for those that don't know, Prammy is similar to Cabergoline. We use it to lower prolactin. So it's a dopamine receptor agonist. Um, that deals with D2 and D3 dopamine receptors. And, and obviously dopamine is one of our emotional hormones. It's one of the hormones that affect the way we feel. So, yeah, yes. So, as a result, if you've had a boost in dopamine, mm-hmm. 
which is then withdrawal, withdrawn from you because you've stopped using Prami or Kerber, then I could very much see there being potential for issues. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, just here to annoy Dave about the awesome shirts he's gonna have made. I'm having jack shit made. If Mr. Scott McNally over there, entrepreneur of 2020, wants to make some shirts, <laughs> be it on his own back, but I am having fuck off to do with these shirts. <laughs> Uh, Primo versus EQ for the off season. We've this is our second Primo versus EQ question. So for the so off I season, do, I do approve of today's shirt. By the way, Mister McNally, you like this one? Ah, uh, that is brilliant. Masters of the Universe. Big fan. I big, was a big fan back in the day. Yeah, that was a good one, man. Dude, I got hooked. Basically, you know how you know how they have the um, the targeted ads. Mm. So I clicked on one on Instagram the 80s t-shirts and uh then of course after i look at a few of them i'm like oh this is cool and this is cool and they've got the a team and they've got you know teenage mutant ninja turtles and they got they've got he-man and then of course i'm like okay fuck it i'm not gonna buy this then a few days later i'm on facebook and guess what there's that ad and then instagram there's that ad eventually i i got i got into it and then they're like here's a 30 percent off coupon scott so now, now I'm the proud owner of my uh, my Masters of the Universe shirt. Thank you. It's a nice shirt. I didn't realize I did it in such a small size. <laughs> oh, we did get a we did get a comment, Dave, saying uh, what was this one over here? This is on the YouTube. Um, Scott brother. Oh, we had a couple of them. What's your cookie recipe? You look blowing up. No, we didn't. That's the one you made up. There was another one. I think you'll appreciate this. You can't win with people, Dave. You can't win. If I were to stay small, then uh, people would be like, dude, you're small. And then, I, you know, you put on size and people are like, I don't know, dude, you're going to die. But somebody said, where is this one? Uh, I want to find it because it was a good one. Okay. If I had a if I had a dollar for every time someone had said I was going to die, I'd be a very rich man. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I can't find it. But it, here's one that says, "Seems like you've been putting on some quality mascot." Um, oh, he actually says, um, "I've heard bits and pieces on various episodes, but I'd like to hear from your perspectives on uh, the major differences and what they've been." Maybe we could get into that in the future. I'm trying to, Dave, I'm trying to put on another 20 pounds. That's, that's the goal right now. Okay. That's a decent chunk of weight. Yeah. I, I think I could do it all. When I get a little bit closer, I'd be, I'd be happy to talk about it, man. I can't find this one, but the guy was so like, what would, what would 20 pound put you at? Uh, 240. Which is a, a good solid weight. I was 230 before I hurt my shoulder and that was out without like pushing hard. So if I were to add a little bit of push to that, I don't see why I couldn't hit 240 and still maintain, you know, similar quality. And have you been there before? Or is this nope, first that, 230 is about the heaviest I'd ever been. And that was with like a lot of supplements. And that was, you know, how five, did you feel? How did you feel at 230? 230, I felt tear. Okay. So I was 227 before I hurt my shoulder. And I felt fine, like 100% fine, and no issues, no breathing issues, no additional snoring, anything like that. When I was 230, five, six years ago, it took everything I had to get there, and I felt terrible. So I think I'm in a different place now, you know? Yeah. I was just going to say, just I, I would look at putting some strength and conditioning work in 
once you go over 230 just to help you cope with the weight you're going to start putting on conditioning is in like cardio well but more from a point of view of yeah but more from a point of view of what you do as conditioning work if you're a strength athlete so mm. not not solid state bollocks you know stuff like sledge runs and things like that would be really good to help you cope with the the load that you're putting on okay yeah, that, and yeah. you don't need you don't need to do a couple of sessions a week. You wouldn't need to, to hammer it out, but it will it will help you cope with being, you know, ten twelve pound bigger than you've ever been. Yeah. Um, man, I wish I could find this one, but he said basically he was like Scott, you look like you're uh, putting on some finally putting on some quality mass. You know, great job. But do you think that that's uh, healthy at your at your age? <laughs> 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 yeah you old man of 67 yeah jesus yeah. christ he's right he's not like you're pushing 300 pounds is right he? right right exactly fuck's sake you can gain you, like say, you, you can't win you know you're either too big or you're too small or you're too fat or you're too lean there'll always be somebody moaning yeah yeah all right, I'll nail a couple more questions out with us here. Let's see. Uh, my gut tends to hold much more fat, and I'm pretty sure um, when I was boxing and at 5% body fat as a much younger man, uh, I wonder if this has to do with IGF levels being relatively high. Any thoughts on this? So he sounds like he's a little older now. He seems to be holding more belly fat than he had in the past, and he's wondering if this is IGF-related. Possibly not. Is he natural or non-natural? Don't we know? Well, he's listening to the Drugs and Stuff podcast, Dave, so there is that. It doesn't. Not everybody that listens to this is a junkie, you know. We do have some listeners that are non-junkie. That's Justin, who asked our previous question where he could find stuff. That's because he's still looking. Um, if he's natural, I would look more towards hormonal imbalances. Yeah. His test, his test may be a little bit in decline. His test to emission ratios might be a little bit out of whack, which would start to look to fat deposits patterning in a female pattern, which would be wasting hips. Yeah. Uh, we're only five minutes. Right. Mrs. Crossland. Um, hey, Miss Crossland. If it's, if it's, uh, as he's getting older, I suspect it's more just down to age, to be honest, and just, uh, you know, the slowing down of, of his, his body in general. Also, what is a, um, what does his diet look like now? Is he eating more well, simple sugars? You know, because insulin spikes are going to create more body fat storage. You're going to get more. You know, insulin's going to predominantly store fat around the torso. You know, so if you're yes. getting a lot eating your pop tarts and stuff post workout, you know, look at your carb sources, right? Yes, it's it's. I mean, it is a a very big question, really, without knowing more about what he's doing. Uh, you know, as we get older, though, we do start to hold fat when we never used to. Um, that's that middle-aged spread. Some of that's genetic, some of that's aging, and some of that's changes in lifestyle. Yeah. Oh, we didn't do the Primo versus EQ for the off-season. Um, and what Dave thinks about metformin to keep insulin sensitivity high while on HGH. We've done metformin to death. Shit, don't go near it. Okay. Um, Berberine. If you're going to use something for that nature, I don't like the metformin affects the way that the liver processes glucose. So why would you want to disrupt your main energy source production? Whereas berberine won't do that. 
so you'll still be improving your sensitivity without disrupting your liver glucose conversions. Oh, um, I think we did the Primo versus EQ last week, didn't we? Yeah, EQ, EQ. You did say I'm EQ. Not a fan of EQ, but EQ. All right. Well, Dave's got stuff to do. His beautiful wife is there with him, so let's not let him. Uh, let's not make him spend any more time with us. Dave, you I don't were, mind spending time with them. I just don't like spending time with you. You were nicer to me. You've been a lot nicer to me lately, and I'm a little concerned about that. I feel like something might not be right. I want to have some doctors uh, evaluate you. I'm concerned. I'm concerned no, do about that. you, Dave. The list, the list of shit they find would be long and extensive. <laughs> hey, guys, comment below if you think that Dave needs a psychiatric evaluation. Fucking <laughs> needed one of them for a long time. <laughs> no, you know, I, I, I like to sort of balance the abuse. So, you know, bit of niceness, bit of abuse, bit of niceness, bit of abuse. Thanks. Well, I, I appreciate that. Take you, on, take you on a little bit of a roller coaster emotionally. <laughs> <laughs> a little push and pull. People really liked the comment too uh, about the. Uh, um, remember the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man costume idea I had. You, you right, that, Scott. I think I need to go now. So let's just call it a day. <laughs> I've got things to do. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, on that note, head over to crosslands.org.uk. And, of course, check out our sponsor, truenutrition.com. Like I said in the beginning or in the middle or somewhere, if you enjoy the content, do us a favor. <laughs> hit the like button. Uh, leave us some comments. Tell us what you think. Have you used uh, Ment? And what did you think about Ment? Uh, all of that. Subscribe. Yes. Send okay. us money. Send us money. I like that. That's a great, that's a great thing. All right. We'll see you guys. All right. Take care now. Bye-bye.